The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, one of the largest agriculture shows in North America begins tomorrow. Canada's Farm Show runs through Thursday in Regina. We'll speak with Kirk Westgard, who is the Vice President of Agriculture for the Regina Exhibition District, and he says the events start with a bang tomorrow, and we will hear all about that. As well, now that cattle prices have improved and the cost of fertilizer is an issue, some grain farmers are entering into partnerships with local cattle producers. The topic will be discussed during a lunch and learn session at Canada this Wednesday and Thursday in Regina. Adrian Hansen with the Canadian Forage and Grasslands Association will tell us about that. The bill to exempt grain drying and heating barns from the federal carbon tax is now in the committee stage and a number of farm groups are pressing for that to be passed before the end of the month. We'll hear from APAS President Ian Boxall on that. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's cloudy here in Yorkton right now, and we had a little bit of rain overnight. Are we done with the rain, though? For now, uh, it looks like for the most part, there are some showers around, and they are mainly off to our south. What we're seeing passing by uh, is a little bit of rain in the region. It's not going to affect the Orton area so much, uh, but south and Med- uh, Melville toward Estrahazy, there are a few showers cutting through, especially south of there. They're considerably more numerous uh, long and south of the Trans-Canada. So they're around this afternoon, but uh, not really a big factor for us. We'll be just in and out of some of that cloud cover as it passes by. We'll get right back into the sunshine uh, through the second half of the year. Uh, well, Third, third of the afternoon, more technically. Uh, 23 is our high this afternoon. The wind from the south to the southwest, 10 to 20. The chance of precipitation, Yorkton north, 10%, various farther south, 20, even again, 30% uh, toward the Trans-Canada. And uh, during the night tonight and tomorrow, a little better chance for everybody to get some showers. There's enough moisture around, and there's enough instability around that uh, some of these will get squeezed into a shower. We get a secondary disturbance cutting in uh, late tonight, uh, right into the... Barely, really, into the southeastern corner of Saskatchewan. It's going to cut right across central Manitoba in reality, but the influence of it is enough that it'll bring some showers close. Western Manitoba, the chance of showers much greater tonight. Uh, the farther west you get, though, from that, it quickly will drop off. So we'll peg it at 30% for some showers for the Yorkton area. And uh, again, areas farther north and west, little or no precipitation. Spotty shower threat lingering through early tomorrow. This wave 
moving pretty quickly. It'll zip by through the morning hours, back to partial sun through the day with a high of 22. Mostly cloudy sky, though, for Tuesday night because there is another little upper-level disturbance cutting by. This one doesn't really have the moisture with it, so the chance of rain not really a, a much better than 20%. Even that might be overstated. 12 degrees is the low Tuesday night, and as that system goes by, there's high pressure working in from the west. That'll set us up for some sunshine. may not start bright on Wednesday, but it will turn brighter as the day goes on, the high near 23. That area of high pressure is going to move across the region over the end of the week. There is a storm track around it. There's going to be an area of, of moisture feeding up through the central U.S. It'll get picked up uh, around that high, the, again, the storm track around it, so it could turn uh, straight northward through the center of the U.S., and then a sharp northeastward turn, which should take it mostly into southeastern Manitoba. I think we're okay with that high holding strong. It'll divert the moisture pretty quickly eastward, but we may get a little bit of cloud cover, so we'll call it partly sunny on Thursday with a high of 24 and partly to mostly sunny on Friday as well with a high of 24. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour, the Paw and Show Lake Russell are 23 degrees, Swan River 22, Dauphin 26, Brandon 24, Roblin 20. Regina and Indian Head are at 18 degrees, Saskatoon 20, Hudson Bay 23, Broadview Mooseman 19, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 21. The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a south-southwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 59% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 20 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 26 degrees and dropped to a low of 14 degrees. There was 2.7 millimeters of rain that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 22 degrees. The normal low is 10 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 4.34 this morning, and it will set at 9.09 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday... The Manitoba hotspot was Canada's hotspot. Morden got to 31 degrees. The cold spot in Manitoba was Churchill at plus 5 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Estevan at 28 degrees. The cold spot was Spiritwood at plus 4 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in one minute's time. Needs. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. One of the largest agriculture shows in North America begins tomorrow. Canada's Farm Show runs through Thursday in Regina with each day having a unique theme. Kirk Westgard, the Vice President of Agriculture for Real District, says the event starts with a bang on day one. It's Collaboration Day. When our first big event, of course, that has led Canada's Farm Show to where it is now, is an innovation. We have Honeybee Manufacturing presenting one of their new innovations on the biggest stage for the best in egg. 
on day one and then followed that with uh, a talk with Meg Reynolds and Do More Ag that's going to talk about mental health and how mental health affects agriculture and the rest of the agriculture society. We've got a lot of more interesting stuff. Other than that, we've got a discussion with uh, Fertilizer Canada and a couple of farmers from around the world to talk about how fertilizer and the changes in fertilizer has affected their farms and their growing conditions in other continents, as well as what we should expect here at home in Saskatchewan and in North America to the changes that are coming up. Day one also highlights 14 new innovations from Saskatchewan and all over the world, including Ukraine. And the Ag Talk features 14-year-old entrepreneur Carson Green of Mossbank, who publishes his own Everything Country magazine. Westgard says Canada's Farm Show encourages people to come out and see the latest and best in the ag industry. So we invite our international guests to come and see what's happening in Saskatchewan as Saskatchewan's been one of the leaders in agriculture manufacture and production for decades. So we invite our international guests to come in and see what's happening, what's new, what, where the equipment is going and how we can bring more Saskatchewan to the world. Even with that, all the farmers around Western Canada and the U.S. come and see what's happening next, see where our sector is growing and what they should expect to see on their farm soon. Day two is Innovation and Indigenous Peoples Day, which highlights 14 new innovations from Saskatchewan and all over the world, including Ukraine, as well as an ag talk with young entrepreneur Carson Green, the 14-year-old from Mossbank who publishes his own Everything Country magazine. And day three is Education and Young Farmers Day. It features former NHLer and mental health advocate Corey Hirsch as well as a launch year career in ag event and career fair. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Beef and Forage Report. Canada says it has regained market access to Taiwan for Canadian beef and beef products from animals over 30 months of age. Taiwan imposed import restrictions on beef from animals both over and under 30 months in 2003 after the discovery of Canada's first case of BSE. The government says Taiwan lifted restrictions for under 30-month beef in 2016. Late Friday, the federal government says the regained access will be an opportunity to expand Canadian beef exports to Taiwan and diversify export markets in the Indo-Pacific region. Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau says in a media release that expanding trade partnerships in that region is a top priority for the federal government. Earlier this year, Japan lifted the last of its restrictions against Canadian beef. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. PX94, Ag Review. Wholesale trade, excluding petroleum, petroleum products, and other hydrocarbons, as well as oil seeds and grains, 
fell 1.4% to $80.9 billion in April in Canada. Friday's Statistics Canada report shows that Saskatchewan's wholesale trade was $5.1 billion for that month, an increase of about 45% compared to the same time last year. It's the third highest percentage change among the provinces. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says the figures are further proof that the province has the food, fuel and fertilizer the world needs. The ice futures canola market on Friday saw its busiest day ever. According to preliminary data, over 90,000 contracts traded during the session. Intermonth spreading accounted for roughly half of the trade volumes on Friday as investors were busy rolling out of the front month. Daily trade volumes in canola are typically in the 20,000 to 40,000 contracts range with anything above 50,000 a rarity. The previous daily record was set nearly a decade ago on February 13, 2014 when daily trade volumes hit 71,536 contracts. Total open interest in canola heading into Friday session came in at around 245,000 contracts. South American grain exports are set to overshadow Black Sea shipments this year as doubts grow over a UN-backed Ukraine deal and international traders cut commercial activities in Russia. That's according to a top executive with major commodities group Cargill. The Black Sea grain deal, which allows the safe passage of grains through three Ukrainian ports, was extended on May 17th for two months, a shorter time than expected. Jan Dealman, president of Cargill's ocean transportation business, says it's more focused on the smaller ship sizes now. He thinks that with some quite big crops in Brazil, you might also see some of the demand being switched out of the Black Sea into Brazil at some point, on corn for instance. Record production of both corn and soybeans in Brazil in the current 2022-23 season has led to strong demand for vessels in South America. Proposed U.S. country of origin labeling rules run contrary to mutual Canada and U.S. goals to reduce inflation, improve food security, and build resilient supply chains. That's according to a submission from the Canadian government to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Ottawa made its submission June 9th as part of U.S. consultations on voluntary country of origin labeling for U.S. meat, poultry, and eggs. The Biden administration proposed the rule in March in response to lobbying from U.S. ranchers. The rule would limit product of USA and similar labels to products derived from animals that were born, raised, and slaughtered in the U.S. However, it would not require products to carry an origin label. Under current rules, animal products can be labeled as product of USA if animals were processed in the U.S., even if they were born and raised elsewhere. A new report from RBC says while food inflation may be easing, prices will not return to pre-pandemic levels. The report says the main drivers of food inflation, like global supply chain issues and transportation costs, have eased. However, it says food prices that have soared by 18% over the past two years will not be dropping anytime soon. 
RBC warns drought and other extreme weather events could meaningfully limit farm production, impacting the food supply chain. A historic farm in St. John's, Newfoundland has opened a new learning centre. The O'Brien Farm is a 200-year-old working farm where over four generations worked the land, and it now serves a centre to demonstrate sustainable and traditional agriculture. The learning centre, which received $1.2 million in public funds, is made up of four buildings, Thimble Cottage, the property outdoor classroom, the newly opened interpretation centre, and the kitchen barn. The farm also shares the history of Irish settlement in St. John's through the story of the O'Brien family. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in 60 seconds time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and 20 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. For the next three days, there will be an abundance of farm equipment and more than 20,000 visitors converging in Regina. The Queen City is the site of the 45th edition of Canada's Farm Show tomorrow through Thursday. Each day has its own theme. Day one, tomorrow, is Collaboration Day, featuring Do More Ag launching their new peer-to-peer support platform. Meanwhile, Kirk Westgard, the Vice President of Agriculture for the Real District, previews Day 2 Wednesday, which is Innovation and Indigenous Peoples Day. On Day 2, where it's all about innovation at Canada's Farm Show, we've partnered with Cultivator, powered by Connexus and Emertech, to bring a global ag tech summit to the stage. It's a full-day summit that will connect farmers, founders, and funders, and provide an exclusive look at the future of agriculture and ag tech innovation. It features a lineup of international speakers, innovative farmers, product launches, and connections to the newest companies emerging in the industry. The last day Thursday is Education and Young Farmers Day, which Westgard believes is the most important day. It's really about the youth and what's coming next. Canada's Farm Show, just like Saskatchewan, has been a leader in innovation. And when you talk about innovation, you talk about new ideas, and you talk about the youth coming up. So we've teamed up with Ag in the Classroom to bring over 200 youth from grade 7 and 8 schools around the province to come and experience what it's like to be part of the agriculture sector. In combination with that, there's a new event at Farm Show this year. It's it's a career fair that we've partnered with Agriculture Manufacturers of Canada. So from 1.30 to 4.30, we've got over 300 exhibitors taking part in a career fair to talk about what's new, what careers are happening in agriculture, and how you can become part of this growing sector. Westgard encourages people to check out the 276 different exhibitors that will be at the show in Regina which has attracted visitors from across Canada and around the world. Meanwhile, some rainfall yesterday for a good portion of central, west-central and northwest areas of the Saskatchewan Green Belt, areas receiving between 32 and 50 millimeters of rain, include Big River, Shellbrook, Prince Albert, Birch Hills and Middle Lake areas, as well as the Kalonzi, Keniston and Davidson areas. Brett Halstead is the chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. 
He farms near Nokomis. Sounds like an inch or just over an inch. I'm in at Regina at a board meeting today, so not quite home to look at it, but that's what my son had conveyed to me. He says an inch of rain right now is great timing. Oh, it was valuable. Um, I don't think we were in desperate need, but it's a big help. Crops are looking pretty good in general in the area. There's probably a little bit of land that's a little short and a little bit that maybe still had too much. But in general, it's timely and helpful rain. Halstead says most of the other Sasquatch directors are happy with their crop conditions as well. Yeah, sounds fairly consistent. Some of the drier areas from the last couple years are living with no subsoil moisture, which is really the case in our area too. So we're going to need some timely rains throughout the year to continue to have a half-decent looking crop. He notes he will attend Canada's farm show in Regina tomorrow for Sasquatch's semi-annual meeting. Yeah, we're having a little update on uh, activities of the organization as well as having Phil Needham come in and speak, talking about high management, big yield type potential and some of the ideas that you might be able to do to increase your yield. Some of them are obviously out of areas which get a higher moisture uh, level than we do, but uh, good information and uh, a good discussion is expected. You know, we were doing pre-registrations. We will accept a few walk-ups, but it might not hurt to try and uh, check at the door or get a hold of somebody to make sure we still have room for a few more. And Halstead says the meeting itself will be a short one. You bet, 11 to 1, and so that's kind of the plan there. Brett Halstead of Nokomis is chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. He says you can still register for the Sask Wheat meeting tomorrow at Canada's Farm Show in Regina. Simply go to saskwheat.ca. Livestock Market Conditions The U.S. livestock markets are closed today due to the Juneteenth holiday in the United States. Now that cattle prices have improved and the cost of fertilizer is an issue, some grain farmers are entering into partnerships with local cattle producers. The topic will be discussed during a lunch and learn session at Canada this Wednesday and Thursday in Regina at Canada's Farm Show. For some, livestock and cover crops are providing viable alternatives to relieve input pressure. Adrian Hansen is the Saskatchewan Project Lead with the Canadian Forage and Grasslands Association, which is one of the event sponsors. We have seen in our area, through the southeast, some of our grain farmers putting down a legume mix just to break up hard pan or soak up additional moisture, which I know isn't everyone's issues right now, but definitely seeing better infiltration after they'll run a year of permanent cover use yearlings or another stalker item that you can move in and out of the market easily and harvest that crop cycle the nutrients and then either send them home or send them back to auction so it's a short-term turn for the most part but definitely seeing some interesting partnerships happening three speakers will be on a producer panel including one from leroy and another out of Tisdale. Yeah, we have one fellow who had found that it took 25% of his land was less than productive, well below his average when he had done his precision farming calculations. And so he took that land and another 15% to cover the cost to farm it. So he had gone ahead and 
seeded that down to permanent cover to forages and partnered with some local cattlemen to gain more profit off those acres. And she encourages grain producers to look at the bottom line. All the fertilizer inputs are getting so high, and there's been a real shift towards kind of researching your farm's soil health with respect to its productivity. And we've been kind of lurking around and found uh, several people in the province using cattle to integrate organic nutrients and having great success. The Lunch and Learn program at Canada's Farm Show runs about 60 to 90 minutes. There is no admission charge, and you can show up at the door, but pre-registration is appreciated. For more information, go to the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association website, or you can call Adrian Hansen with the Canadian Forage and Grasslands Association. Her phone number is 306 421 8538. Once again, that phone number 306 421 8538. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. The bill to exempt grain drying and the heating of barns from the federal carbon tax is now in the committee stage. Bill C-234 passed second reading in the Senate last week and has now gone to committee for further discussion. But with less than two weeks left before the upper chamber rises for the summer break, the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, says now is the time to get it passed. We'd like to see it passed. This has been something that ag groups have lobbied for for the last number of years, and, and it's we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. We need the Senate to have a look at this thing and pass it to give it royal assent so that it's in place come fall. And, and you know, on the grain drying side, if you're having to dry grain in the fall, you've already had a tough fall. Conditions have been wet and conditions have been tough and you're having to dry grain. And that added cost of that carbon tax on that fuel to dry that grain is just something that no rebate could ever refund. And this is an exemption that ag groups have asked for for years and it's just time that it, it got passed. A pass is not alone. The Keystone Agricultural Producers of Manitoba and the Alberta Federation of Agriculture joined them in calling for the passage of Bill C-234. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think when it comes to the grain drying side of it, and, and even eastern Canada and Ontario, there's a lot of corn dried out there. It's a, This is an asset I think every producer in Canada is looking for. Whether you're heating a barns for chicken, I was talking with some chicken farmers the other day that, you know, their carbon tax on their gas bill is $2,500 a month in the winter. That's a pretty big bill for carbon tax. And you start doing that month over month, and that really starts to add up. And so whether it be for heating of barns or whether it be for drying grain when you've had a tough fall and you need to ensure that that grain is put into storage and where it can last, this is something that farmers have been asked for. This is something that I believe farmers need to stay competitive within the marketplace. We can't pass these costs along to our buyers, and it's, it's just something we need. The last day for the Senate sitting is June 30th. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. July canola closed at 745.60. That's up $12.30. November canola closed at 718.80, up $8.40. The rest of the markets all in the United States were closed today due to the Juneteenth holiday 
in the U.S. Developing greater connections between food sectors in Canada and the United Kingdom is the goal of a new bilateral partnership. The CEO of Protein Industries Canada, Bill Gruel, says the partnership with Innovate UK will support innovations in plant-based food and ingredients. Yeah, this is a great partnership between Protein Industry Canada members and Innovate UK and really it's UK companies. What we're looking to do is to create collaborations between Canadian-based ingredient manufacturers or plant-based food companies and UK companies that could be partners for them you know, from an innovation perspective, but long term, we're really looking at developing business relations where our ingredient manufacturers could be selling uh, high value ingredients to UK based companies for inclusion in plant based foods uh, for access to the UK market. He explains what the deeper collaboration on science and innovation will mean. Yeah, Canada and and the UK have a a lot of opportunity for collaborative innovation, not just in the plant-based food space, but across all industries. And they're looking for new partners and expanded trade uh, with countries. And and Canada's a great fit because we have common language and, you know, pretty well aligned in terms of business values. So this is an opportunity to just give companies in Canada and companies in the UK a bit of assistance in creating these international partnerships. Sometimes these things can be difficult, and so a little bit of help from Protein Industries Canada in terms of funding and creating connections with UK companies will lead to better innovation, but I think long-term the goal, again, supply chain integration between ingredient manufacturers here and UK companies is really the goal. Gruel believes this collaboration will provide some long-term economic benefits for Canada. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it really does. And what, what we're hoping is that we're creating a diversity in our end-use market. So if, if you think about ingredient manufacturers that are operating in Canada, you know, we can use those ingredients to create food domestically here in Canada. You know, our largest trading partner to the south is, is the U.S. But the more markets that we can create is it creates really optionality for ingredient manufacturers. And more markets is is always great because then you're, uh, you just have more options for your end-use sales. He notes some Canadian companies and UK companies have already had one meeting. Yeah, we we virtually we had a kickoff virtually over the Zoom platform with a few Canadian companies talking about their experience of working with UK companies. And then uh, in September at our annual general meeting, which is happening in Edmonton on September 13th, there's a number of UK companies that are on their way over here to meet Canadian companies and look at potential collaborative R&D. And then there will be a reciprocal visit along with a conference called Future Food Tech that's happening in London, where some of the Canadian companies will, will reciprocate and go back to the UK. And so it's important for companies that are working together that they get to meet in person because they've got to develop, you know, a trust relationship over the over the innovation program. And so we're creating the opportunities for them to, to come together. And Gruel believes this could expand to Canadian producers as well as UK producers. I, I think that this is a great model for innovation. And so we happen to be focused on plant-based food and ingredients here. But I, I think there's opportunities along the whole value chain. It, it could be genetics and genomics work. It could be digital agriculture. I think there could be opportunities for 
you know, we've got a lot of progressive farmers here in Western Canada and in Saskatchewan that may have technologies or could create learnings from this type of work. So, you know, maybe this 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 program might not be the exact right one, but I think it provides a model for what we could be doing uh, between our two countries. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Protein Industries Canada, which is based in Regina. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in 90 seconds time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. A piece of technology designed to help detect when cattle are in heat has now been tested. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association hosted a Sense Hub Cow-Calf Field Day at DNN Ranch just south of Peebles last week. Dr. Samuel War is the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health, the company that owns the technology, and explains how the tag called SenseHub Cow-Calf works. So SenseHub Cow-Calf has uh, ear tags that monitor cattle movement and behavior that allow for 24-hour heat detection on pasture and gives customized breeding windows to that individual cow. That data is transformed into an alert that's sent to a producer's phone and notifies them the best time to breed that cow. And then the tags themselves will actually light up for easier identification of that animal on pasture. Dr. War says the tag is usually put on the ear two weeks before they are due to be bred. He says the goal is to make the beef industry run more efficiently and to get better results. So the hopes is um, by demonstrating this this technology um, that we can achieve both and to minimize um, the amount of time-consuming labor that it takes to do conventional heat detection. So this tag is going to be monitoring 24-7 and uh, just make on-farm labor a lot more efficient. And really, it's going to be happening at DNN Livestock, which is a family-owned cow-calf operation out by Peeble, Saskatchewan. And they're going to be demoing this technology because they want to improve uh, just those things, conception rate, as well as just their on-farm efficiency. And uh, this initiative was actually through the Agricultural Demonstration of Practices and Technology, or ADOPT program, which is a government-funded initiative, uh, which is evaluating and demonstrating new agricultural practices and technology at the local level. So it's really trying to take what you said, the, the issues that the industry is facing, and just showing how we can provide solutions in a practical way. War says this product has only been out for a short time. It's been out there for a, a small period of time, um, but it's overall a, a still a fairly new technology to the industry, for especially for the beef industry. You, you definitely see it a lot more on the dairy side, and uh, oftentimes um, just with challenges of layout of uh, topography in the beef industry as well as internet connectivity. Um, the, the beef industry sometimes gets the short end of the stick in terms of getting some of these technologies. So we're really excited to, to make it so it's going to be nice and easy and convenient for, for everybody to start accessing this type of stuff. He notes this technology was developed previously by another company. So with any sort of technology, there's always, you know, the first versions of it. Um, this was uh, technology that was developed by uh, another company before Merck Animal Health actually acquired it. So it's something that's, you know, people are always chasing to, to improve and, and develop. 
So I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it just stops evolving. Um, but yes, it's, it's been years, years in the making uh, to get it to where it is now. And it's going to be years in the making to continue where it's going to be. So it's, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff behind it. And he explains the long-term goal of this new type of tag. The long-term goal of this technology would be to take producers to the next level in terms of understanding and being able to monitor and manage their operations more efficiently, more profitably, and um, hopefully just make that that whole labor efficiency a a lot better in in different situations and just help the industry move forward and and use the data that we're we're collecting in a more usable, effective way on, on farm. Dr. Samuel War is the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health. The company tested out at a device called SenseHub CowCalf as part of a field day just south of Peebles last week. It was hosted by the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Farm Bulletin Board. The nomination period for director positions with both the Saskatchewan Barley Development Commission and the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission is now open. Sask Barley will have three director positions open. Sask Wheat will be looking to fill four open director positions pending regulatory approval to increase board size from seven to eight directors. The deadline to receive completed nomination forms for both organizations is September 6th at 12 noon. Should the organizations receive more nominations than there are director positions available, elections will be declared and held during the period of October 19th through to November 29th. And nomination forms and election information can be found on the website saskbarley.com and saskwheat.ca. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny, winds south-southwest at 10 to 20 and a high of 23 degrees. For tonight, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of spotty showers, winds west-southwest, then becoming light, a low of 13. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of early spotty showers, winds west-northwest at 10 to 20, a high of 22, an overnight low of 12. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, winds west at 10 to 20, and a high of 23. Thursday, partly sunny, a high of 24, and Friday, partly to mainly sunny, also a high of 24. In the Paw and Show Lake Russell, it's 23 degrees, Swan River 22, Dauphin 26, Brandon 24, Roblin 20. Regina and Indian Head are at 18 degrees, Saskatoon 20, Hudson Bay 23, Broadview Mooseman 19, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 21. 
The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a south-southwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 59% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 20 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX94. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.